Hey mamas, it's Ariana Evans here and you are listening to I See You Mama and happy 2020. I know this is I think the second episode of the year and um, a week late, (laughs) but that's how it is sometimes. So this is episode number 38, number two of the year, but 38 total and um this is a really fun episode that I ha- recorded back in December with Town Bird. She and her husband run a chiropractic, chi- I can't say that word. I've tried like 10 times before to record this. It's a chiropractic clinic. Chiropractic. I can say the word. I know I can. Their clinic is called the Foundry Chiropractic, <laughs> dang it, the Foundry Chiropractic and Upper Cervical. And it's on Trinity Lane in East Nashville. Um, and what's funny is we we didn't really know each other with this at the outset, and um, you can kind of tell when I went back and listened to it, I was like, "Yep, this is like two strangers kind of meeting for the first time." But I mean, we had met uh, on the playground as we do, uh, where our kids go to the same school. But we had started chatting there, but really we were strangers. And by the end of the conversation, it just felt like the flow picked up and the pace picked up, but town was one of the most Zen people to talk to her. Her demeanor was so quiet and so calm. And it was really interesting just to, um, be with somebody. My energy is a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Manic, maybe sometimes hyper. It's all those words. I'm, uh, yeah. I wouldn't describe myself as a super chill person. I'm just saying, but I would describe town as a, in the, at least in this interview as a pretty chill. And so we were having this, the conversation evolved and it just became this beautiful thing. It was one of those things where I was like, let's just see where it goes. And we ended up having this really cool conversation and, um, I think you're going to like it. So she and her husband ran a clinic here in East Nashville, uh, for chiropractic. I said it right that time. Yes. Um, and we talked a little bit about that and a little bit about their space and, um, but mostly we talked about, uh, this really cool thread that brings people together at just the right time and just the right place. Um, a little serendipitous, if you will. Um, so this has been a long time coming, um, and I apologize for those of you who were waiting with bated breath last week. I did not get this episode out. The kids were out of school on Monday and I was like, listen, listen, I love y'all, but it isn't happening. <laughs> so here we are, two, two episodes for the month and the month is almost done. But uh, a lot of cool things are coming down the pike. I've got some really cool episodes that I recorded last week. Um, that are coming up soon. And then I've got some more that like, I'm working on a panel of people to come and talk about some topics that I think are really poignant and important. Um, and they do too. So I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, like I said, this year is going to kind of be a shift as we get away from sort of promoting people's work that they're passionate about and getting more towards topical conversations. Um, and you can literally hear my husband, uh, talking to his brother, while he plays video games. This is my life, y'all. If it's not kids, it's husband, like, on my podcast being recorded for all time. Uh, Love you, babe. If someday you listen to this in posterity, I don't mind. (laughs) And I'm tired of pausing to re-record. So, you're having fun, and that's a good thing. Anyway, so, mamas, back to you. 
Uh, I think you're going to enjoy the topics that are coming. Um, I've kind of posted some ideas out there to see if I can get some feedback from you guys. I still would love to hear some feedback. You can find me on all the social medias, um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and just respond and um, tell me what you want to talk about. And uh, yeah, I have my own ideas too, but I, I, like to, <laughs> I like to hear what you guys want to talk about too. So I'm going to jump in uh, with my interview with her, and you guys should really go check out the website for her her um, clinic, and is, I'll tell you in just a second. It's going to be in the show notes. Uh, it's the fa- foundrychiropractic.com, so F-O-U-N-D-R-Y chiropractic.com, and um, just to find out some more about their clinic and the cool stuff they're doing, but um, just town herself is really worth listening to. So we're going to jump in to her interview. All right. Thanks guys. Hey mamas. This is my guest. Her name is town bird and you can say hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hey everybody out there. (laughs) Um, we're actually at her office. Would you call this the office, the clinic? What do you call it? We call it the clinic. Most often, yes, yes, and it's called the Foundry Chiropractic yes. and Upper Cervical here in East Nashville. Yes, and so Town and I met, as most moms do, on the playground. It's the only <laughs> way to meet nowadays, <laughs> right? Like, hey, who are you? Tell me more about you. Yes, and um, yeah, you have how many kids? Two little girls. Two girls. Yeah. And you and your husband run this business together. We do. And he does what part and you do what part? So as it is right now, um, and as it has pretty much always been decided, he is the doctor. Okay. He, he is the force behind the care here. He right. is the caretaker. And my role started as both investor and creative design and has become patient liaison, managing partner, like, you know, and it's a family business. So we're all doing all kinds of things. Right. You wear all the hats. We are wearing all of the hats. Um, There's overlap, of course. Right. But my background is in design. Okay. And graphic, interior, fashion, design. Got it. But it never felt like a home space for me. It was always something I was interested in, the creativity aspect generating ideas that was always where I had a lot of fun yeah I wasn't entirely applying it maybe in the best way for myself (laughs) (laughs) and in that looking at strengths as an adult it became really clear to me that adding myself into the picture the bigger picture in a more meaningful and impactful way had to be found. Yeah. Um, originally I had thought design, clothing, those were things that could help people feel better in a very blanketed way right. that that was going to be a contribution to help people's psychology, to help people's um, inner confidence, that things like that could have been achieved with what I was doing previously. Yeah. I find it interesting that we had this little snip snippet conversation before that you found your way into fashion and helping people feel confident and better in their bodies through fashion. And you were raised in, what was it, Laura Ashley? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
I've, I think I've just been this rebelling ever since. This is a total rebellion <laughs> against, sorry, we cannot have floral. I'm sorry. It just constant. won't happen. Yes, constant. Oh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always knew that there was, there was just another way. I've always been curious. I've always been curious about what we could do to elevate ourselves, whether that was conscious or unconscious. Yeah. And then I had an experience where I really got hurt. Oh, and it was while I was in school for design. And what were you doing? I was, well. You weren't playing lacrosse, I know I that. Was, I was not. We um, talked about that too. No, I was actually, um, it was a freak accident. I okay. was in an old home and I was on a floor that fell through underneath <gasps> my feet. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, the freakiest of freak accidents. Wait, this was a house that people lived in and yep. they didn't know that there was like, hey, you might fall through <laughs> right here. Don't step on that spot. It wasn't exactly like that. It, the house was wonderful. Um, this happened to be in the attic. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. So it wasn't a floor that was regularly stood on. It didn't have a big neon sign saying, beware, this mm. isn't safe. Um, it, was just, it was just a misstep yeah. on my part. But what happened is it changed my life because when I fell through that floor, I landed on my feet and I broke my back. <gasps> wow. And I did not know that about you. <laughs> it was a game changer. Yeah. But did not you have to go in the halo? The oh, I The had, whole thing? Not the whole thing. I did have an emergency surgery. Um, I spent a lot of time on bed rest. Wow. Spent a lot of time relearning how to walk. Um, the full run of things. It took probably a year to fully recover. Man. At that time. You were in your 20s, like early 20s? Yeah. Or I was 19, 19, I think, maybe 20. Man. Yeah, it's young. That is young to break your back. Mm -hmm. And also young enough to not know how to advocate for myself. Right. In the healthcare system. Yeah. Uh, and. I was still in school. I was still pursuing what I had thought was still the best course of action and that this was something to move past. Right. And something to recover from and then just never look back. Like if you've gotten a cold and you've recovered from your cold and you never think about it again. That right. was more or less my, my conscious awareness of it at the time. Yeah. So for a long time, it felt like I was pursuing something like swimming upstream. You know, I was fighting the current. I wasn't quite landing on what I felt was most appropriate for me. It never felt like uh, a good fit in any of the jobs that I had tried to do moving hmm. forward. I was finding success. I was doing interesting things and I was learning a lot, but I didn't feel like I had found where I was most useful. Yeah. And Around that same time, when I was coming to the understanding that I was totally lost and not fulfilling my own greatest hopes for myself, was around the same time that I met my husband. Mm -hmm. And we met at a really interesting point where both of us were a kind of professional mess. <laughs> You know, <laughs> doing all sorts of little odd jobs, things that were keeping a roof over our head, that we were trying to see if it was a good fit. Right. And I had found myself under the care of a chiropractor um, at this time as well. Yeah. 
this was really just for my own general well-being. I was starting to hurt a lot. The mm. surgeries that I'd had, or the surgery that I'd had, had come with some unfortunate advice, which was to treat myself effectively like a china doll, to oh. be very conscious with my movements, to be very aware that I wasn't like everybody else, that these limitations in my body would be effectively catastrophic at certain points moving forward Whoa. in terms of whether or not I was able to have children, in terms of whether or not I would be wheelchair bound by 40. What? There were all of these stipulations, yeah, that had come from physical therapists and my surgeons and That's my psychiatrist who had helped me through this initial part. Yeah. And at the time, as I had said, I wasn't an advocate for my own health. I didn't know any better. My parents had taken me to the doctors, you know, right. and I, at that point in my life, it was the first time I'd probably ever been under doctor's care yeah. without like my mom in the room, you know? Yes. Um, and so I took their word for it. I didn't question it. And I took all the medications and they didn't work for me and they were really harmful. And there were mm. all sorts of fallouts from this experience that either I pushed away or didn't actualize. I didn't look at the real effect that these things were having on my body. These pieces of advice, these medications, yeah. these therapies that were supposed to restore health. Right. But what they did was sort of shunt me away from actual wellness and put me in this sort of box, this illness box, this yeah. you have something wrong with you box, this you're not quite like everyone else and you'll probably have a much harder time than everybody else box. Mm. So where was your break? Like what lumbar, cervical, where it was it? It was lumbar. It was my first lumbar vertebra okay. and it pretty much blew all the way out. <clears throat> um, Did they do like a fusion? Mm -hmm. There was a their spinal Ooh. fusion. They took bone from my hip in a graft to secure the vertebra and then there were also a couple of other fractures through my body wow. at the time so um, they were telling you like if you had a baby it would affect your that's that fusion mm -hmm. yeah well specifically so what i didn't know at the time and i've been insistent on learning more about ever since is mm -hmm. your spine your spinal column your nervous system all of that affects different areas of your body as you go up and down the chain. Right. So in the area of my back that I was injured, those areas directly affect things like your internal organs around reproductive systems gotcha. specifically. So there were a lot of concerns about whether or not I'd even be able to conceive, let alone wow. carry a child to term or birth it properly, whether or not the function, the coordinated function in my lower body would actually play ball. Wow. And that's a heavy diagnosis, like 19. You right. might not be able to ever yeah. do this. What? Right. How did you carry that around? Like, what did that feel like to you? It felt like dismissal. Um, I felt a little cavalier. There were things in the profession that I was trying to be in that came with the circumstances of a lot of professors, for example, would talk about, if you're going to work in design, just go ahead and get used to the fact that you won't have time for a family. If you're going to live in Manhattan and you're going to live this life, don't even worry about it. 
don't, wor- don't worry about getting married. Don't worry about having kids. Mm. It's one or the other in this profession. And so I thought, awesome. well, well, all right, I guess I'm already here. And if this is the situation with me, then I don't need to worry about it. I'll just go for this career and let that be it. Yeah. And like I was saying, it just never felt right. It never felt like where I wanted to be. It didn't feel like what I'd envisioned for myself, even if I hadn't thought for like, if I hadn't thought far enough in the future about envisioning a family for myself, which I hadn't at that point exactly, I still felt like there was a longing to contribute in a different way. Right. And so I guess at this point in telling the story, it's important to also mention that with body trauma comes psychological trauma. Right. I believe that as well. Yeah. And there's a feedback loop that we can get into. And this isn't just with extreme trauma like what I experienced. Yeah. This can be any sort of trauma. Mm. Um, We carry it in our bodies. We carry it in our minds. And it will affect us at different times in our life based on different triggers or environments that we're in. These things sit deep. The book is... The body keeps the, the score keeps by the what's score. his first name? Vessel, I, Vessel Van, no, Vessel, Vessel Vanderkoff. Is it Vessel with a V? I it can't might be remember, but I know I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. The body keeps the score. Yeah, it's there's no better way to really phrase it than that. I think right. it. Once I came to that realization, it changed so many things for me. Yeah, it became like a mission to not only understand myself and the feedback loop that I was in, but then it caused me to search out different types of care, yeah. which really brings me to this place that we're in now. So you guys met, neither of you were in chiropractic. No. You, neither of you, he was doing something else, you were doing something else. Mm-hmm. And what was this moment that you were like, we should, do this other thing (laughs) it came about both quickly and slowly is the best way I know how to describe it so the the shortest version of how we got here is I was at my chiropractor yes this particular doctor was one of the first that ever looked at me like a total body a total entity where emotions and physical sensations all are working together to either help you feel better or help you feel worse. Right. So in that, my husband, boyfriend at the time, had accompanied me to an appointment and mentioned to this doctor that in his undergraduate degree, he had initially been involved with sports medicine, thinking that he would graduate and then go on to be a chiropractor. Hmm. Here I am going, what? Oh, I didn't know about you. What? <laughs> Tell me more. And this doctor said, well, why didn't you do it? There wasn't a good answer that came back. And this person, my boyfriend, my husband, he immediately did some searching in and of himself, asked me what I would think if he applied to schools. Hmm. I said, sure. I mean, if that's what you had originally wanted to do and you're doing all these other random things right now, if that was the true passion and that was what you had initially always thought of yourself as, 
give it a try. Yeah. What is the worst that can happen? We're working in the restaurant industry in Chicago. Oh. Like, we are working, <laughs> you know. This is not a forward path. No. It, I mean, we were, <clears throat> we were in a very different place. Turns out he got into the best school you could possibly get into for this. Yeah. And we looked at each other. We had right. just gotten married at that point, And we thought, okay, we're going to move to California. We're going to give this a shot. We're going to get you in school. I'm going to work while you're in school. Yeah. During that time, we had our babies. <laughs> Go to school, get a job, have some babies. All you the things. Wow. But in that process, we spent a lot of time talking about what was going to happen afterwards. Mm -hmm. We knew we could live wherever we wanted effectively. We knew that we wanted to be our own bosses. I had known I'd always wanted a business. I just wasn't entirely sure what form it would take. Right. I've had lots of ideas over the years. I'm sure this won't be the last. <laughs> the entrepreneurial mindset, I think, has been with me yes. my entire life. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I've come up with some stuff that I'm, my husband's like, what? I'm like, I never, I will, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give this idea to somebody else and let them run with it. Right. <laughs> And this, it just became a conversation between us. What have I experienced in my health history? What has been helpful? What has been hurtful? What have I carried shame about? Yeah. There have been vulnerabilities in my life as a patient that struck me as something that I could change for somebody else. Yeah. And not in the way that I think our clinic even specifically is the panacea for everyone. I would never want to convey that because everyone's journey is unique. What right. has brought them to this point is unique and what will get them past this point is also unique to them. And I want to honor that. And yeah. that's where building a practice that I believe doesn't feel like a doctor's office. So we already it have- It doesn't really feel like, like a doctor's office in here. It right? doesn't. That was the goal. We wanted to yeah. design a space based on my experiences that felt comfortable, a place where you would want to expand, where you would want to look at yourself from a few different lights. And yeah. chiropractic is a form of primary care. So just like any family MD, your chiropractor has the same credentials. Yeah. And it's a very conservative place to start with your health care. That's when you're outside of the traditional allopathic model, however, you find that your holistic caretakers will spend more time with you looking at the full body. Yeah. Looking at your life experiences, your stressors, your history, really getting to the root of the problem. And when you've had so many experiences, they're going to layer. It's going to turn into a pattern in your life. It's going to be a pattern of dis-ease. It's going to be a pattern of stress. It could be a pattern of anxiety. It could be a pattern of any number of things. Mm. And as we know, trauma or otherwise, these psychological impacts, these physical impacts, they all churn together. Yeah. And so the idea of looking at the whole person in one space really stuck with me. Yeah. And it became sort of our mission together to dream up this place, to dream up the philosophy that would help us guide ourselves as parents, as adults in this world, yeah. to not take on the system in a crusading kind of way, but to do it on a personal, familial level, right. where we can talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. We can spend an hour with you as your you know, care providers. 
we have an amazing constellation of other practitioners with very similar values that yeah. really brings an integrative approach to healthcare. We see people from newborns to those in old age. Yeah. It was important for both of us that we find that space and that balance, and we're still working on it. I mean, yeah. we're in our third year. We are learning every day what we know to be true, but keeping an open mind to change is also critical for us. Yes. And it's all come from our experiences coming together, realizing what we didn't like it actually became an easy way to find what we liked. We started picking apart things about the insurance system that were burdensome, hurtful, stressful. Mm -hmm. Things about patient-doctor interactions when you are looking at only seven minutes or so with your provider. Yeah. We are looking at when you have doctors and you're seeing multiple doctors, are they communicating with one another? Yep. Are they prescribing on top of one another? Right. Are there contraindicators to one type of care versus another, yet you're receiving them at the same time? Yes. I've had to be like my own advocate for that and be like, well, you know I'm taking this and you're like, I will go and research and be like, there's some contraindications, is this okay? And sometimes they're like, oh, I didn't realize you were mm -hmm. <laughs> taking. Right. Or because a doctor can't keep like a full catalog of every contraindication in their brain when they prescribe something. They're like, well, I know this one works for what you're struggling with, but you're also struggling with this other thing. And do they work together? Right. I've experienced that. Of course. And I think we all have. Yeah. And so it became really important for us to not only... Um, educate ourselves in the way that we could see these bigger pictures, learning different modalities so that we could suggest levels of care and layers of care mm. in a way that would be most beneficial yeah. to each individual. And then to also enforce that here. So we're constantly working on, for example, different techniques of care, different adjustment styles based on different presentations of, of illness or um, different wellness goals. We're looking into how to use the space to invite other professionals and practitioners in to share what they know, to work in this space, ultimately potentially as a collective. Right. But at the very base level, a community space where you are free to be vulnerable, you are free to be your authentic self, talking about your concerns and your goals right. with your healthcare provider who is keeping all that in mind all the time. Yeah. And it just, it grew, it's been growing naturally, just the way we communicate together as partners, having such different backgrounds, I think is really valuable in yeah. a practice like this. From the patient perspective, that's where I will help grow this, um, grow this business. My own experience has guided so much. Yeah. There's so many, um, so an aside, my husband and I briefly talked about um, like doing, working together as like doing our own business. And 
his response was, we would kill each other. Uh And that might still be true. Yeah. So how do you, like, because you're doing business together, but every marriage has, like, spousal things that you have to work through for and sure like uh we i'm still kind of mad at you and uh-huh. and now we're going to work yeah okay <laughs> yes yeah it's very real i would say as you know and as we've all experienced yeah. there are highs and lows in all of your relationships yes when you are together <laughs> as much as we are together there have to be really clear boundaries we surprisingly are not actually working together very often oh that's interesting we are often separated by our job if you will here where he is working with patients i'll be working on marketing or outreach for example one day Mm -hmm. yet we're not actually coming together to discuss what's been going on <laughs> until like we're making dinner. Yeah, like, I'm still smarting over this thing that you. <laughs> yes. Or like, hey, what was that thing? I heard you say something really interesting to somebody I overheard. Could you repeat that to me so yeah. that I can use that in the socials? Or is there something that you learned today that would be helpful for me to know moving yeah. forward and how I'm sharing this space with other people? Yeah. We're getting to that level, but when we were building this place, because we literally built this clinic. This the was, building? The, well, Did we you build the building. We I didn't build remember. the building. It was an empty warehouse. Yes. It there were no walls. This is around the corner from me, so yeah. I'm like, I watched it go up. I was like, what is what is this thing? Yeah. We there were no walls. There was no heating and air. There was no plumbing. What? There was nothing in here. Now and we have golden ducks. Those That's are so right. fun colored. <laughs> I was looking up, I'm like, oh, they're like brass colored. That's yeah. so cool. And our walls are made of whiskey <laughs> barrels that oh, we that what they reclaimed. Are. And are they, we turned um, the staves into bricks. Oh, like burned. So they're charred like, they from look, the yeah, inside. Yeah, the charred part. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what this pattern is, but it's black. Yeah, it's, it's the inside of whiskey barrels. It's so, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but we literally built this place <clears> and <throat> that was when we started having conversations about, (laughs) so exactly how many partnership levels can we be on before this becomes a disaster? Right. Does something have to give? Is this we're business partners but not life partners? Is this we're parents and not married? Are we married and parents and not business partners? Like what is the formula? And it was never from an angry place. It was more just from a practicality standpoint. (laughs) We cannot do all these things. Like are we this compatible? And... I think the answer continues to be yes, which is very inspirational Like for myself to continue to see where we still really love each other and want to support each other and encourage each other and then ultimately have the same goals and dreams for this place and for our children. Yeah. Um, ultimately, to come into this world as our children did at the time that they all have, and again, not exactly knowing how to take on the bigger crises of this time yes for us this feels like our way that we can contribute to something that is an update to how we live our lives Um, a different perspective on the way we care for our bodies the way we care for our community Mm -hmm. the way we care for our family so on, on that note, it's so echoey here because we're just, I can hear the cars and it's just echoey. So this is going to be a very unique sort of recording. But on that same note, like there was 
Okay, so if I look at my the last 20 years, if you had said to me 20 years ago, you're going to be exploring spirituality in a new way, mm. Ariana. You're going to be exploring um, healthcare in a new way. You're going to be exploring things that, like, to my 20-year-old self growing up in a very um, religious area, <laughs> not always proponents of that stuff. Like, like, my parents weren't always proponents of these things, but, like, there was this general sort of prevailing, like, anything like yoga or... I mean, although my parents went to a chiropractor, but anything that was sort of out of the norm was also out of, like, this could not be classified as also being endorsed by our current religion, Mm -hmm. which is very, like, to say things like chakras or, like, healing and to watch, like, you know, what little it means. Christian people go, sure. um, their eyeballs get real big and they sure. sort of flutter and clutch the pearls. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, those are all things that like I had to, as a person who had a certain brand of spirituality growing up or was surrounded by that certain brand, had to work through like, how do I merge what I believe in my faith tradition with what I'm learning in this Mm -hmm. other thing Mm -hmm. and are they not compatible I feel like they are but like it took a while to get there I felt like learning things like chakras or was a betrayal almost of my old way of thinking Mm -hmm. which I don't believe that anymore I believe that that if there's a being who created these bodies that he under or she understood like how all that worked as well and so why not approach healing and health through those conduits that our body provides? Exactly. But, like, it was, like, I don't know. Did you ever, like, have a moment like that Absolutely. where you're like, I feel like I might be a heretic? <laughs> so, many, so many things in my life have changed from how, I, how and what I believe, if anything, to mm-hmm. what has evolved. Yeah. I expect it will continue to evolve. What I can say for sure was at the time of my initial injury, I was an atheist. Really? Mm -hmm. I had kind of come to that from never feeling particularly secure in that any one faith-based tradition had all the answers. Mm -hmm. I always liked the idea of world religions all having a little piece of the puzzle that they're all a little right, they're all a little wrong. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And from that perspective, I had always been a non-subscriber. Right. I'd I'd had a couple of experiences in my life that felt like if there was a God, the way that the faith that I was surrounded by most, which was Christianity, if that God was real, these things would not have happened. Right. Yes, that is a much like less developed worldview. But again, I was a teenager. Right. Everything was much more black and white. Things are very black and white when you're a teenager very. and a 20-year-old. Like, very. what? Of course, it's yes or no, on or off. Exactly. And I never attributed any part of my getting better to um, a spiritual practice. What mm. I didn't realize until much later was that I was practicing mindfulness the whole time and learning what that meant without even having the language for it. When Mm. I started getting chiropractic care, 
when my body started to coordinate its functions better, when my brain and my body were talking to each other more clearly, there was an expansiveness that I felt in my conscious behavior, in my thoughts, and it became very clear to me over time and continues to become more informed is that your health and your spirituality, there's no coincidence that they intertwine. Yeah. The organizing force for all of us is present no matter whether you believe it or not. Right. And whatever the creator of your unique understanding is, mm-hmm. is great. It's wonderful. I think that, <laughs> you know, if there's something that explains this crazy world we live in, in a way that each person can understand it in their best way possible at that time in their life, that's great. I'm here to support that all day long. Yeah. And I also think that with that elevated consciousness comes more clarity. You can just see how the bigger picture comes together, whether that be our physical manifestation, our interactions interpersonally, mm-hmm. in our community, in our larger picture. Yeah. And I feel like when we are home in our bodies, when we are secure in who we are, in how we're feeling, what we notice, and have that compassion for ourselves, that vulnerability in knowing if we aren't 100%, chances are no one else is. Right. The judgment falls away. The need to tell everybody what to do falls away. And mm-hmm. this sort of place becomes an expression for me of an invitation. Yeah. An invitation to look into yourself, to look into what your specific needs are and what your goals are. And then when you are feeling better and you have your presence of equanimity, you can then assist somebody else. Sort of like putting on your oxygen mask, (laughs) right? Put yours on first. If the plane is going down, you Don't help that guy till yours is on. Right. You really can't help anybody else until you have helped yourself to some degree. Mm. So as much as we have built this place for other people, we've also built it for ourselves. Yeah. Um, And we've continued to grow in what we believe that has become a much bigger, more colorful experience in this process. Mm. And it's something that gives me hope moving forward that we can share beliefs and ideas with our children, with each other, without the fear of it being seen as other, without it being seen as wrong or heretical. Yes. It's really an open-mindedness and an open-heartedness that we hope to bring to this conversation. Because no matter how you find your way, whether you meditate or you see a chiropractor or you go to physical therapy or you go to church or any number of things, the goal is ultimately the same. You're looking for a home within yourself and a peace. And when you're feeling better, those things are easier for you to actually grasp onto. Yeah, I would agree with that. You were gonna read something. Well, I always, I'm a note taker. Are you? I, <laughs> I write and I think a lot, I read a lot, and. 
Same, same. I, when you asked me this question, it had prompted something that I'd written a while ago, which was that I believe that health and spirituality are collaborative forces. Mm. And in that, just as I was describing before, how you collaborate and what those two pieces of your experience dovetail into for you and you, you and in your unique experience is great. Yeah. You know, it should be something that we're always looking into, that we're always asking, that we are uncovering within ourselves deeper and deeper layers of our true nature of our true balance and of our true expression. Mm. And that's so good. I'm there's so there's so much to like really there's no fast way to unpack that and be like, hey, in the next thirty minutes, tell me sure. all about these things. But like it's you know, it's like this daily unpacking of like, what does that look like today? What does that look like in this moment? Exactly. And that to me is probably one of the most beautiful things that I get to see when I have these kind of conversations with people like you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me more about that. Right. And like, you've been building this journey for, since you were 19, learning things and growing in these certain ways. And our paths intersect at this moment. And we talk about these things. Mm. And like, I take bits on and you take bits on and we go off in our own paths. And I find that part, like one of the most beautiful things about doing these conversations mm. is there's always something that I'm like hey and what I was just reading about that and it's so timely that this comes up in this in this conversation I believe that as this experience that we're in is evolving we are all evolving at our own pace mm. but when we find the people that we can have conversations like this with it opens all manner of new doors yeah the ripple effect is very real yeah we were just talking about i was just having this that conversation the word ripple effect with another friend of mine and she was like how do i i don't even matter and i was like but you and i met and you and i had a conversation and it grew into this other thing and this other thing and this other thing mm -hmm. and then it got it got so big that it was on like um a national scale from this one meeting between you and i and she was like, I never thought about that. I'm mm. like, yeah. The, the fact that you and I met took this other thing to a national platform. And I think that's, who would have thought that that right. one Tuesday night would have equaled something else? And you know it, what I mean? Yeah. I, I think about that stuff a lot. I, I think that there are times in our lives where we have experiences that make everything that's come up to that point in our lives very clear. Yeah. Where you can almost retrace instance by instance what brought you to that point and why those things that didn't seem connected, important, or otherwise, how if those things hadn't happened, you wouldn't have gotten to this point that you're considering right now. Right. And looking forward, the same process will continue. Yeah. So how does that merge in with like your motherhood? Cause I feel like mm. I bring, I learned something. Okay. I'm going to call myself out. I was doing, my son was doing something, my youngest who's six and my oldest daughter who's 11 was like, man, when I did that, you were all over me and you yelled and you fussed. And I was like, 
I was not a good as good a mom then mm, yeah. when you were six. That was five years ago. And hopefully I've learned some things. Yeah. And I'm sorry I did that that way then. I hope I'm a better mom for you today. That doesn't mean that I should also like lose my mind and yell at this guy because right. I yelled at you. Right. I have to make up for that and love you better and parent you better, mm -hmm. not parent him equally bad. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Yes. It's, she didn't know how to take that. She was like, what? <laughs> I love hearing stories like that. We use a similar type of conversation at our house. Um, I tell, especially my oldest daughter, she's six mm -hmm. now. I often will say things to her like, oh, I've never been a mom before you. Like, you are my first six-year-old yeah. that I've ever been a mother to. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But I promise if I make a mistake, I will apologize to you because you are a person as well. Like, yeah. you, though you are six, you are your own unique person. There's nothing I can say or do to change who you are Yeah. deep down. And ultimately, I want them to know that I love them more than anything and that I am, an, I am a fallible person. And some days I have wonderful days. Where I'm like, I'm a great mom. Look I'm at me go. It I am crushing it. And then I have days where I'm thinking, I should probably put myself in timeout for like four <laughs> hours to get over whatever this coffee. is because I am not being good to yeah. myself or to my children or yes. like I'm not setting a good example because of whatever behavior I'm exhibiting at that time. Yeah. And it's also very tricky when we're balancing being business owners of children and we have no family nearby. Right. So there's a constant checking ourselves at the door. Are we bringing work home? Are we, are we balanced enough? And ultimately it comes back to just being as honest as we possibly can with our kids and speaking to them in the way that we're assuming they're understanding what we're saying, because we'll just continue to say it as they get right. older. They'll eventually grow right. into this understanding, I this hope. This is your six-year-old version of that. I'll right. say it again when you're seven, eight, nine, 10, mm -hmm. 18. Yeah. But I will, I will mess up. We will mess up, and we will also do things wonderfully. And I have a therapist here in town who I think is, she's such a dream for me. She's helped me with so many things. Mm. And in one of our conversations, I was saying, you know, I, I felt like I messed up. I messed up, and I, I said it to my child and apologized. And she said, it's not about the rupture. It's about the repair. And I think that holds true in parenting, in healthcare, in interpersonal relationships across the board. Yeah. And what we have done to get broken or break ourselves is one thing. Yeah. But how we grow from that is something that is completely and uniquely up to us. Hmm. That's beautiful. I like that. I'm going to hold it. Because it's true, like, I, there are things that are wildly out of my control that happened to me or broke me or, like, they weren't things that I, I mean, sometimes I propelled myself into it, but, like, right. the softball that broke my face in five places, oh. I didn't throw, <laughs> and I was just in the path of, right. and I think about that and, like, how that moment 
changed so many more moments for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I had to wait till like I got home and I called my mom and I told her, I can't really open my mouth. (laughs) She yelled at me to go to the ER. But I was just going to not go because you just suck it up. You just put some ice on it, take some ibuprofen and carry on. Sure. My eye socket was broken. I didn't know that, but I couldn't open my mouth. Right. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. So to talk really with my teeth, to, it was very, like, my friends were like, what's wrong with your face? Right. I don't know. I remember considering not calling for an ambulance. You're just going to have your broken back. Because I didn't know. I'd never experienced anything yeah. that traumatic or physically injuring in my life before. I'd never broken anything. Were you able to walk? No. So you landed on your feet, fell over, and lay there. Thankfully, your <laughs> your spinal cord didn't get severed in the process. Right. I'm incredibly lucky. There was bone fragments all over my spinal they cord. Backboarded um, the heck out of you, girl. They did. And <laughs> interestingly enough, I had been a lifeguard. Yes. And so I knew the procedure. Like, this is a spinal injury. I knew <laughs> it. Backboard. <laughs> yeah. And interestingly enough, I also immediately went into shock. Oh. So I was joking. I was conscious, and I was considering whether or not this was a real enough thing or if it would pass, and I wouldn't actually need an ambulance if I would have been overreacting or asking for too much for myself yeah. to ask for help. Wow. And that was something that also really carried into like how we wanted to open up this place is whatever's going on in your life, asking for help mm-hmm. because we're taught to be independent. We yes. are taught to have critical thought hopefully we have all of these things pushing towards independence yeah and and, get over it and get over it (laughs) and asking for help is really hard it's really hard (laughs) and and I hope that with how I've grown into being as a person that Mm. I'm somebody that people feel comfortable enough asking for help yeah because I know that it's something I'm constantly working on. Yeah. I had a thing a few weeks ago where I probably needed some help. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell my girlfriends here until after the fact. I was like, guess what I went through? And they were like, what, what, you what call us? is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, why didn't you call us? What, what oh were gosh. you thinking? And I, it was just one of those other reality checks where I was like, right, right. Okay, right. town, put it back together. Think about this in context again. Yeah. And to remember that, like to constantly be reminded that even in this profession is humbling. Yeah. Because I talk about it every day with people. Yeah. And yet I can self-forget. It's true. And it's crazy what we go through (laughs) as people in this world just to maintain, just to compartmentalize our lives, just Mm. to be on, so to speak, at work, or just to be on at home as in these roles, trying to be the best you can at these different roles that we have at all times Mm -hmm. is exhausting. It is. And we are not going to be good at all of it all the time. There is no way. Well, and even if like the people around me, I'll just use me as an example because I'm a prime example, Mm -hmm. have the awareness to say, do you need help? Mm -hmm. I will often say, no, I got it. Right. I'm fine. Thanks anyway. We had just this last week, I might cry because I always cry. Just this last week, um, we realized some crazy things were were going on with my daughter's health. 
she's losing hearing for like inexplicable reasons. They've looked at her brain. They've looked at her body. Like they can't figure out why she's losing hearing in one of her ears. And they, then they were like, well, she really needs a hearing aid. I'm like, okay, how much does that cost? Mm. So I go in, it's like more than I paid for my first car as an 18 year old. And I like my, like I said the words, is there a payment plan? And my right eye started like twitching. twitching. I was like, oh the stressy God. eye twitch. <laughs> my eye uh-huh. just went bonkers. I was like, is there a payment plan? That like, is a stress <laughs> response. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, the next day a friend of mine called, she was like, Hey, can we do like a GoFundMe? And I was like, no, Matt has a job. I feel bad. There are other people who need this more than me. Like Mm. we have insurance. It doesn't cover it because we have an insanely high deductible, but it's fine. And then I called my mentor and she was like, are you crazy? Do you not remember this word called grace? Mm -hmm. You didn't deserve this. Someone wants to love on you and help you. And you said no. And I'm like, oh, that just gave me goosebumps. (laughs) And I didn't say no. I said, let me think about it. (laughs) And I emailed her back. I was like, this is really hard for me to say yes to. I don't feel like I deserve this kind of care. There are other people who have way bigger needs than this. And it feels so selfish to ask Uh, for it. And she was like, I got you, girl. And she put it up. And in three days, in three days, it was totally funded. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, what? That is going to make me cry. That's she so wonderful. She's like, I can't believe it's already done. I'm like, I know. It's crazy. Oh. And, yeah. And just was, opening up yourself to letting yes. people love on you. Yes. We don't often expect that of our caretakers. We yeah. don't expect our doctors to love on us. Yeah. They don't often. Yeah. It's, it feels really good to be in a position to be able to love on people where yeah. they are, to meet them where they are. Yeah. Oh, I made you all choke <laughs> It's beautiful. It it's, is. It's, and then I love that you're doing that, like that it's, that it's about care that you're, that you're giving to other people and you see them as a whole person. I feel like so often in the medical profession, I walk in and say, this thing is wrong. And they're like, let me send you to a specialist. Mm. And that specialist is just looking at this tiny section of me. And That's I'm like, it. but my whole body is freaking out. The whole system. Whole self. Yeah. And they fix that one thing, that one symptom. And then I get like four more. I'm like, dang it. Right. Because the I'm, symptom. Well, I'm not sad anymore, but right. <laughs> I have all these other side effects. Sure. And you all know. of us have been there. And the side effects, the the misdiagnosis, the misdirection in yeah. in support or the lack of support. There are any number of things that can cause us to shut down from pursuing these things yeah. because we've been hurt, injured, or disillusioned in some way mm-hmm. by whatever system. It doesn't have to be healthcare. This is just specifically where I sit right now. So this is the lens from which I see often. And but in any one of those buckets, you can lose faith in the system. And if you lose faith in the system, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to totally shut down or you're going to look for another way out. Yeah. I'm one of those look for the other way out people. Yeah. I understand that. There are amazing expressions when people are getting care, like certain adjustments. Some people will burst out in laughter and some people myself included will have certain adjustments and then it just releases crying 
because there's something for me or, like, yeah well because your body locks in your emotional experiences mm -hmm. no matter what they are yeah the foods we eat the feelings we feel it all lives in the system mm -hmm. and it's looking for a way out because it doesn't want to be there. It's not part of the master plan. You weren't born with the stress of your baby's, you know, potential hearing loss yeah. in your schema, yet here it is. It's in your body now. It's in your soul. It's yeah. part of you. This I can concern. feel it in my, can... between my shoulder blades. Like I was so tight there. I was like, oh, yeah. I've been carrying that. Right. You can literally feel it in your body. Yeah. And when you don't address it, it will turn into something else. Yeah. Guaranteed. And so the idea of in whatever way we can be vulnerable to release these things, to uncover and release even further. And then like an onion, we are taking ourselves apart bit by bit. It's like, it's like we grew up and then needed to immediately deconstruct ourselves <laughs> <laughs> to be like a better version of an adult yes. or of what we hope to be. And in whatever way you can peel through those layers and really look at yourself and yeah. move those stressors and tensions and concerns through your system and out, it makes more room for other things. Yeah. Um, and that's beautiful. I thought we were just going to talk about chiropractic. We just talked about the soul and <laughs> all kinds of... <laughs> well, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it all, it all comes connected. back together. I don't yeah. know how, how, as people, no matter what we do, yeah, we aren't looking at our whole self. Yeah. I went through most of my life not looking at my whole self. I know most of us do. Yeah. It's not healthy. Well, I think <laughs> we benefit from having outside eyes to point out, have you thought about... That do you too. see this like mm -hmm. I mean I mean I have older I love having like older women who've been where I've been and have gotten through it speaking into my life and saying we thought about this like it feels so big right now but mm -hmm. you'll move through it and it'll be okay <laughs> right as with everything and and there this is just one way of accomplishing that yeah but when you are when your body is at ease and you have stress or problematic experiences that have been locked in your body, moving out, mm -hmm. reconstituting themselves or firing and wiring, as they say in psychology, in different ways for your experience and your expression to evolve, so many other things come from that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about before, when you're body is feeling better you're sleeping better when you're sleeping better you're thinking better mm -hmm. when you're thinking better you are more productive make when you're more choices. productive you make better choices <laughs> those choices could lead to mm -hmm. any number of positive outcomes yeah and ultimately i think it's all about opening ourselves up in whatever way yeah. we are comfortable and wherever we are on our own particular journey at that time we can only open up from where we are right now. I couldn't have gone from an atheist to where I sit right now, <laughs> doing energy work and talking about the connection of mind, body, spirit. Yes. I couldn't have gone from one extreme to the other. This has taken almost two decades. Yeah. 
And I'm not done. I'm never going to be done. Yeah. I'm never going to be done exploring this, considering these options and possibilities and what it could all mean and how we can continue yeah. to open ourselves up and look at these other ways. Not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but how can we have the wheel better serve us? Well, that and the how wheel can we was better? connected to a whole car that you weren't looking at. Like, what? Yeah, right? I have <laughs> oh, a, there's a whole car? There's a trunk here? What's in that trunk? <laughs> What's what have I been carrying? What's that smell? <laughs> we talk about our mom vehicles. Oh, the like, mom trunk is so Ooh. real. The crushed crackers in the backseat. It's like yeah. a confetti party. <laughs> but it's all orange. I currently have... Uh, tree branches. Yes, I saw the, <laughs> the tree branches. From our Christmas tree. Books that I bought from McKay's that I'm hiding for Christmas. Oh, I need Hoping to go there this kids... weekend. So good. That's so good. Um, an emergency kit, some propane tanks for our Gotta have the bird. Like, what? <laughs> yes. It's such a hodgepodge back there. I'm like, this is like the story of my life. I just carry all this crap around. Totally. Totally. But the <laughs> idea is to me. like carry carry the appropriate things at the appropriate time. Yes, yes. Um, and ask for help cleaning out your trunk. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Our metaphor just keeps expanding. It it's beautiful. See, there are really no limits there. to how everything connects back. <laughs> right, there's a car and a highway and a country and a planet and space and engines and <laughs> the wheel is going places it is going all the places yeah that's but. beautiful <laughs> <laughs> and i love that it can be beautiful and funny right yes like, yes we are crazy things like the <laughs> fact that we exist is crazy the fact yeah. that we exist at the same time that we were able to meet up on our path and have mm -hmm. this conversation to me <laughs> is crazy yes you don't see many squirrels with the podcast it's no, just not no. a thing Squirrel. that happens <laughs> but it's awesome and it's like hilarious to me in that way yeah it can be a comedy of errors it can be you know a comedy of function it doesn't matter to yes. me I, i'm going to always hopefully try to see where it's silly and <laughs> i do too it's like a thing I, I always look for like well here's where it's really funny mm -hmm. and drives my husband crazy oh when i <coughs> when i injured myself when when my accident happened i broke my back the first thing i thought was that i had broken my ass <laughs> And then I am joking with the doctors about whether or not an cast is a thing. <laughs> and they're like, ma'am. Yeah, they're like, lady, you, you need to be in this MRI machine quietly. Stop talking about whatever this nonsense. It's not funny. It shouldn't be funny. But, you know, like, what are you going to do? I know. What are you going to do? That's what you do when you're nine. When I was 19, I got ran over by a parade float. So Stop. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> what? It was our high college homecoming parade. And it was raining and I jumped off. It was like a truck pulling a hay flat trailer. And like we're, we're getting on and off to like hand out candy. And I stepped off the back of the tailgate of the truck. It was raining, and I slipped, and I hit the ground, and I was laying down, and I was like, oh, the trailer's rolling over me. I'm just going to roll, and my hips got stuck, and then the wheel well was up against me, and it kind of dragged me down the road for a while and ripped my pants off. It was awesome. I know. I am <laughs> stuck. 
trying to Nothing figure Nothing got this. broken. I had what? a very, like, pinch. It pinched me in the wheel well. And it didn't go over me. So you're like, just, like, just pantsless and pinched. <laughs> Oh, no. They hauled me off in the ambulance. It's raining, and they cover my face with a jacket. This little kid on the sideline screams, she's dead. And I was like, tell him I'm not dead. Were you like, am I dead? I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I swear. It was, yeah. See, but that was, like, in hindsight, hilarious. Right. I'm laughing as you're telling me this story, but also I'm like, this is horrifying. If I'd seen my child getting... Right. I think it's run over by a parade float. It's moving three miles an hour. Move, Ariana. Well, likewise, who falls through floorboards that are only a foot and a half apart? Like, what part of my giant angular body did not get caught on that to, like, help myself? It was just like, Like, nope, I'm just going to go straight through. (laughs) Right? Like, there's... It's oh, just the things that bring us here. Right. And the things that will continue to happen, which is where yeah. hopefully we're gaining perspective right. as we go through right. these things. Or at the very least, we can look back in clarity or something with yes. some version of a different <laughs> presence of mind and kind of break out the reality, the perceived reality, the emotional mm-hmm. things. And compartmentalize it properly. Right. <laughs> you know, refile that. Hold yeah. on. Really? And that's that's a big thing too. We're like firing and rewiring. We want to adjust ourselves constantly so that we are making the best connections in our yes. lives. You know, if it's a relationship that's not great, you want to disconnect from that relationship and move to relationships that are healthier. If you're yes. disconnected in your body or in your mind, you want to find practices that help you reconnect to your body, to your mind, to your community, whatever it is. Yeah. It's always it's always us hopefully just trying to put ourselves back together instead of yeah. tear it apart or fragment it even further. Exactly. Oh my gosh. On that lovely note, I think we're going to run out of time. We've talked about we're so like many things. Hour, so what? many things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's recap. No. What is the what is the storyline here? How is this what? <laughs> I think there is the threat. Like the threat is like self, like looking at yourself, integrating with yourself, seeking out care, finding all the things, like becoming more aware as we're growing as humans. I think that's just like, that's the thread is like, who are you now versus 19 when you fall through the floor and how did you get to there, to here from there right. and all this beautiful like bumps and bruises along the way that brought you to this place in this beautiful part of your story. I think it's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> it feels like a good time in life. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It really good. does. I'm so glad. Thank and thank you. you for doing this. Thank you and for inviting me. In, in your charred whiskey barrel space. <laughs> where we can hear the, is that an airplane? That sounds it's like an so airplane. so many things. It's like the interstate and the trucks and an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for inviting me into your space and letting me be here. And you even lit candles for me. Well, part of the design part of me wants to have an environment that feels welcoming and yeah, and then my drag all my like gear and mess like here I'm gonna set up. Hey, it's awesome. This place can be so many things. We've had musical performances in here. Yeah. Oh yeah. We so well we have been caring for the Nashville Symphony. Oh. Since we've been open as official provider, and so part of that means that we get musicians coming in with their instruments and. The acoustics, though, maybe not preferable for podcasts. 
They're lovely. Hear that? It's good. I like it. It's beautiful in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out. So... Yeah, it's really fun. We hope to like be able to use this space for all sorts of things, like those talks. Getting like we're having um, a breakfast club tomorrow, so we're having Very cool. talks about like getting your morning routine started healthfully. We just yeah. want to incorporate all of these different best practices or practices that we're into right now yeah. into one space, so that we can, if not introduce you to an, a concept or an idea that mm-hmm. could help you along your path, we'll know somebody who could. You guys need a podcast. Maybe. <laughs> we need a pro to show us how it's done. Well, let me just shine hey, my fingernails. you know anybody? <laughs> Feel kind of fancy right now. So, yeah. This, I mean, it's just an expression of where we are right now and what we hope to grow into. Good. I love it. It's beautiful. Thank Thanks you. for letting me come in here. Thank you for being here. You're I feel welcome. so honored to have this conversation with you. Me too. <laughs>